This week's episode of Aussie Tech Ads is brought to you by Start New Company. Register your company immediately today with ASIC. ABN, TFN, GST registration is also available directly from the portal. Also set up your family trust and self-managed superannuation fund and more. All at startnewcompany.com.au. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash startnewco and keep an eye out for our regular specials. Start your new company now within 10 minutes of lodgement. All legal company documentation provided after registration. startnewcompany.com.au. Also brought to you by aghwebhosting.com.au. All our servers are operating on SSD drives, immediate activation, SSL certificates, Aussie support, domain registration, and more. Easy install WordPress, Joomla, Drupal, and 300 other one-click installations. Generous space and bandwidth, auto backups, WordPress help and maintenance plans are also available on contact. If your webpage is important for your business or your life, contact us today. Aussie support, secure services, aghwebhosting.com.au. And now for the show. Welcome to episode 712 of the Aussie Tech Heads, recorded on the 11th of February 2021. I'm your host, Jason Oakley, and this is my co-host, Will Tompkinson. Hey, Will. Hey, mate. We won't go back to that wide shot because you can see a bit you of my know, bed. It, <laughs> it was fine in rehearsals. <laughs> How's things going uh, up in God's Zone? Yeah, I mean, apart from the fact I haven't been able to talk for like three days, it's been fine. Oh, what's going on there? Uh, I don't know, just been lucky, I guess. Must be COVID. La- Larry Majitis. Yeah, Larry McCovid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's just one of those things that uh, my boy had it as well. He got sent home from school. Well, we went, see, the problem is we made a mistake and tried to have some time off and enjoy ourselves on the weekend, see? That's what caused it all. And, you won't um, learn. Yeah, I know. Anyway, so Monday, after Bubba been in school for a couple of hours, they called and said, hey, can you come and get him? He's got a runny nose. Like, seriously? I used to be half, half dead before they'd let me go home. Yeah. Anyway, so I went and got him, and then Monday night, I had a massive headache and sore muscles and sore neck. I'm like, I know what this means. Yeah. <laughs> Woke up Tuesday morning, no voice. <laughs> no voice. Yeah, so it's just a flu, and then got slightly better. So I'll probably be slightly less ranty tonight. Which is probably part of the reason why we didn't manage to do a show the other night. Well, partly I didn't have, I wasn't feeling you well. Can't do it. I thought you were going to probably get back late and you'd be buggered anyway, and I couldn't be oh, bothered. But we got, also, if you can't talk. Yeah, we got back fairly reasonably. Actually, it wasn't too bad. Um, they booted us out at nine thirty was checkout, so we were going to be back by like. Two o'clock, one o'clock, yeah. but um, yeah, honestly, I just couldn't be bothered. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> but well, we shall rectify that this weekend. I was having fun with Valhelsia Valhelsia three mm. Minecraft mod pack. A lot good, of fun. It is good fun. My daughter's got a server on it now too, and they're all having a great time on it. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. but I've just found out 
don't do anything with chisel and bits or your server will crash. Oh, yeah, it's very, very memory intensive. And they can't take it out because it'll break other people's stuff. So, oh, well. Yeah, it's just one, other of, those, than that, one of those things you got to... It's like anything, though. Any of the... Anything that causes huge amount of updates all the time is always not yeah. great. Yeah. So. Other than that, been to Specsavers, got me new glosses. You still Check like those, so they're not working. These ones, <laughs> <laughs> these ones are uh, multifocals. So now I can Actually pick see. up a book and read it like this without having to lift my glasses off and then like that. I'm finding... I need stuff for the distance, but up close I can read tiny writing. It's just in the distance I have the problem. So I, I go to this game board night on Friday nights and I'm playing, get a handful of cards and I'm like, what does that say? Okay, what's it got on the board? What's this say? Oh, and it's just annoying. So these are really good. They're called super digital ones, which cost an arm and a leg. They're the compressed. But, compressed but uh, well, what happens is normally with multifocals, the center... Half of the glasses has got your focusing stuff and the outer edges don't have anything, so it's all fuzzy. Yeah. Then you can get the next upgrade, which means two-thirds of it is um, graded from the top down to the bottom, multifocal. Yeah. But the outer third is still. And now the super digital is for people who do computer stuff a lot and have monitors around and reading stuff like that. And it's just a tiny little bit down the bottom here that'll be blurry and the rest of it is really good. So I was like, yeah, I'll go with that. And um, yeah, they're fantastic. I can see all the monitors. I can, I've driven with them. They said, oh, don't put them on straight away. Just try them out. Get used to them. Then put them away. Go home and put them on. That way you're not driving around and your eyes go funny and you can't cope or something because a lot of people have trouble adjusting to them, apparently. So to apologize for people in the listening to the podcast. You probably just had a big crackle in. Apparently, I've got a crackly pot. <laughs> I just adjusted... Uh, Drugs are bad, <laughs> okay? Um, I just adjusted... Warlock's volume and the entire speakers just crackled, so must have a bit of dirt in that pot. I have to clean that out. <laughs> Might be a bit deaf now. Sorry about that. Yeah. So, and the other thing I'm going to try and avoid doing, and I make no promises, I'm going to do or try and avoid coughing into the microphone. But um, yeah, you know, no rent. <laughs> no, no promises there because I don't have any warning when I need to cough. It just comes out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the other thing I'm waiting on, I ended up buying that. Um, Raspberry Pi, is it W or Zero that you can plug into the Denise oh, chip of your Amiga yeah. and it'll output uh, HDMI for your Amiga. <clears throat> so I bought that from the guy and I think he's in Germany. So I should see it before the end of the year, fingers crossed. <laughs> Actually, it's probably quicker than getting post across the country. Yes. Yeah. We're, get, we're getting yeah. stuff from China. We can get, like, if I order, like, solar panels and regulators and stuff, I can have it in three days. Yeah. You order it from Sydney in a week or two. I'm I'm literally still waiting on freight that we ordered before Christmas. Jeez. <coughs> from Melbourne. The customers are like, is my thing in? You no, order it before some, Christmas, right? Yes. Somewhere somewhere between Melbourne and Brisbane at this point, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. It's horrendous. So, yeah, yeah, and I think I've mentioned before I ordered something from melbourne and then a week later ordered something from the uk and the thing came from the uk in three weeks and then another week after that i got it from melbourne so it's five weeks from melbourne or three from the uk i know it's dumb absolutely <sighs> dumb 
I haven't done much with my Amiga or Commodore 64 for a while. Been doing a lot of Minecrafting and killing zombies and stuff all the time. So keeping busy and going to the gym in the morning. Yeah, I've... Uh... It's funny since, well, this week's been a bit different, but you're getting in a whole new routine now that Bub started school, so getting yep. up and getting all that organised and his stuff and dropping all the school. He's all right. And, oh, he loves it. It's the best thing in the world. I mean, it's it, to the point now, like, he catches a bus. Of an afternoon, we were picking him up, but we found a long daycare centre, so he'll actually, keep in mind he's in prep, he's, he's five years old, and after school, he'll wait there and then jump on the bus, and the bus will take him to long daycare, and he spends the next hour or so there before we pick him up so he thinks it's the best thing in the world I haven't <laughs> told him he's got another 12 years of that yet but <laughs> it's own freedom <laughs> so yes but it's all fun and games too far for the treadly deadly oh uh, the school's actually not too bad uh, once he gets a bit older he could probably ride yeah I'm, I rode a lot further than that, than that to school yep yep same so. I rode to school nearly every day at primary school but not high school because it was an hour on the bus to get there. So. The dumb part about my high school was I could have rode there quicker because of the way the bus worked. Yeah. Like I to go to high school I used to catch get on the bus at six thirty yep. and I'd be at school at five to nine. Wow. I could have actually I can and I had done it in previous cases, I could actually ride to school in forty five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I probably could it's have. Just, I've ridden out that far, but it's just don't really want to that time of morning. I'm not that motivated. The way the bus route worked, it was just so convoluted. I changed buses about five times. Uh, it was absolutely <laughs> stupid. We so. had the one bus, but it did the whole of town before it ended up out at my school. So, yep. Although there was one good thing is that when it stopped here, which is literally up the road because I just lived down from where I grew up, if I missed the bus, he'll go down, up around this big hill and then come down here. And while he's doing that big loop, I could sprint down to the bottom of the hill on the other end and Catch be there ahead. before he came back down again. <laughs> so well, that happened a few times. Like, damn, there goes the bus. Go running down the hill and he'd probably see me in the mirror go, yep, he can run or miss too late now. I'm not going to wait for him. So he goes up the hill, I go that way, go up a couple of blocks, and there he comes back down again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, our, our school had this stupid thing that you could only get off on the bus on the side of the road that you lived on. Oh, okay. So you had, so I had to wait for doing an entire loop halfway around the city before I could get off because <laughs> it had to come back down the street again. <laughs> So dumb. Mine wasn't too bad. It just stopped down the road from mum and dad's, but it never got near their house. It was a block away, so mm. it was never going to drop. Yeah, well, there were a couple of times when it was real wild and woolly and very rainy, and he decided to, he knew because he lived just around the corner from where I did. So he just went around that little loop and dropped me off there a couple of times. Then one time I left my bag on the bus and he just took it to his house. So we went over there and picked it up from him, which was nice. Yeah, it's good. To Other than that, one time right? he threw one of my bags <clears throat> up a tree, but yeah, it piss off the bus. You take the good with the bad, don't you? <laughs> if you're good, they don't do that. If no, you're naughty, well, it's your own fault, isn't it? That's it. <laughs> oh, so have any news about what Glenn's been up to lately, or same old? Um, I think he's been sleeping and you know, yep, taking wonder pills or something. I don't know what he's. Doing. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, Should we do some should, news then? I was going to say, they did the show um, a couple of weeks ago, so he's, he must be nearly Jew again. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know he was a Jew. <laughs> Very Jewish. <laughs> you want to talk about this? Um, I can. I actually have something else too with that. So yes, of course you can. Um, you can if you wish to uh, show your appreciation in that special kind of touchy feely way that only certain people can appreciate. Um, <laughs> I'm open to all suggestions. Um, you can get us on Patreon, of course. Uh, Patreon slash uh, Aussie Tickets. Um. That's our main one. We have we have quite a few people on there now. Uh, a lot of people are choosing to remain anonymous, which is fine. Um, you don't have to, you know, we don't have to read you out. That, that's that's fine. It's up to you. Uh, you can also give us money on PayPal if that's an option, or bank direct bank direct transfer if some people don't use PayPal, uh, or on coffee. Coffee, coffee, coffee whatever it is, co slash Aussie Tickets. You can buy us a coffee on there. Um, of course, we've got the the usual suspects. We've got uh, Kate and uh, Bouncing Out of Skull and Daniel and Amanda and uh, David Bird and Chris and um, and of course on Andrew Kofi G. we've got yeah Andrew G. Uh, now I have had I did ask for and I have received some feedback uh, and a couple oh. of questions. Um, you already gave everybody <coughs> a bit of feedback right in their ears okay. a few minutes ago. I'll give you some feedback. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a couple of people have asked I've got uh, I think actually somebody posted on our wall I'll see if I can find that while I'm talking um, but a couple of people have asked if we can make the um, the Patreon uh, show into a RSS link for a podcast client Um so they can listen to the audio side of it. Now, making the audio is not a problem. That's easy. The problem comes with making a private RSS feed. Uh, it was Chris actually asked the question. Um, and <clears throat> up until recently, the answer was no. There was no way of, without paying a ridiculous amount of money for it, there was no way of privatizing an RSS feed to the point where it wasn't searched publicly and you couldn't access it. Patreon have had a system in place for a while where you've been able to do it, but it's only been America only. They've only just, within like one or two weeks ago, released it to be uh, worldwide. Ah. So, yes, hopefully in the next couple of weeks I'll get all that set up and there will be a way that you'll be able to um, have a feed. It'll be linked to... It links via the Patreon page somehow and you've got to be like logged in on the browser on your phone or on the computer for it to let you in but once it recognizes that you're a patreon that link is active and it will work like a normal podcast link but I, nice. i'll get some more information on that once it um once it becomes available um also had somebody say they um didn't understand the start of the show you know, the whole spraying thing. We've never mentioned that before. Like, oh, I see. I thought you were talking about... No, no. We get lots of people... <laughs> we get lots of people mentioning that. <laughs> no, the... Uh, it's you know what Roundup is? Aussie Tech worldwide. Roundup. Roundup is a thing that you spray, and that's... On your weeds. 
only the Patreons are going to understand this because they're the ones who have seen the video. But that's the whole. It's Aussie Tech Roundup, and the Roundup is the spraying. Is the Roundup is the ATR. It's. it's we're it's, rounding up the news. See, it, it works. And somebody else round up the weekend. And somebody else said they didn't like the outro. I said, well, if you don't like that, you wait for next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not doing Spectrum one, are you? Um, there How was yes, dare it, you, it, it would have been on Spectrum. It would have been on most <gasps> consoles. Actually, it was for those who are interested. It will be the I think it's, it's it the really. first or one of the very first arcade games ever released. <gasps> so yeah, pong, ping pong. Actually, did pong even have sound? I mean, I know it had sound in the game, but did it actually have a an actual like intro and outro sound? I think you just turned it on when Pong started. Yeah, that's what I think. I don't think it had a thing. So yeah, so that's so yeah, that that's going to be a rolling gag. So you'll need to watch every episode to understand that. <laughs> yeah. And you have to subscribe to watch the episode. You by do. the way, which you can do at Patreon.com/slash/OtherTechHeads right do. now. And if do it. it, we'll just wait here for the next yeah. five minutes and not say anything. So you've got plenty of time to do it. <laughs> <You're> like we can <laughs> wait five minutes without saying. The time starts now. <laughs> How about some news, Mr. T? <laughs> Hundreds of thousands of Australians are set to receive free or subsidised subsidized full that's fibre internet upgrades in the coming years. But that's not stopped tens of thousands of Australians yearning for fast internet from asking NBN Co how much an immediate upgrade cost, including 8,000 in the past week alone. About 1.5 million Australians have full fibre internet. This one. <coughs> Shut up. <laughs> shut up, shut up, shut up. And 6.5 million others have NBN access through part fiber links, repurposed old cables, wireless or satellite. Thank you, liberals. Was that Most... basically the rest of it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Just our special one. Yeah. Stuff. Most Australians get by without full fiber, but an upgrade may be desirable for people who are far from NBN infrastructure or run a home business. Workers have already been extending fibre along some streets in these communities, but it's still not clear what residents will have to do in order to receive a free installation. In a statement, NBN Co said the company was considering different ways to help ensure this program earns a reasonable rate of return. They said options under consideration include a modification fee if a customer had received a free upgrade, later downgraded their plan, term contracts, high-speed plans, one-off installation charge, or commercial incentives applied to retailers. No decision will be made until after another round of consultation starts in March. On Wednesday morning, NBN Co announced the second set of 100,000 homes in line for upgrades, including areas in Girraween, Kingsley and Wanneroo, Canningvale, Jandakot South, all in Western Australia, Elizabeth, Gepps Cross, Salisbury, and Golden Grove in South Australia, Deer Park and Sydenham, Berwick South, Cranbourne and Narrawarren in Victoria, and Campbelltown, Eldersley, Norellan, Maitland, Singleton, Tarot, New Lambton, Bathurst, Orange, New South Wales, and Albany Creek, Ashgrove, Bald Hills, Fernie Hills, Townsville, Rabina. There you go, Glenn, no excuse now. And Burley Heads in Queensland. Well, they didn't they finally get like, you know, 10 meg or something there now? I don't know anymore. We just know <laughs> his computer is a Dorito chip as the CPU and not anything good. 
his potato potato webcam. Now, Glenn will be happy to know <laughs> that I'm pretty sure uh, fiber is waterproof. Yeah. Yeah, so it's working underwater. His only issue is it may go floating down the river if he it, gets flooded his, again. His computer may not work underwater, but the fiber will. Yeah, that's the main thing, right? So it's um it's good and you know, the speeds are average speeds vary between fifty to hundred hundred and fifty depending on where you are. Uh the average apparently is about eighty odd meg. Um which is fine. Um We're still like the twenty sixth in the top hundred worldwide countries on internet speed. Yeah, that's it. Well I mean well that's actually um the thing like it's reasonable speed it's between 20 and 40 millisecond ping which unless you're playing super 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 time sensitive games like call of duty or something like that that's fine and realistically you're going to get that everywhere anyway just because most of the servers are on the side of the country um yeah it is a hundred bucks a month and it's a four hundred dollar initial setup fee to buy the satellite dish and everything like that but the neat part about it is it's portable so if you've got a business or you've got a caravan or you just like to travel, you don't need to worry about it. Like if at the moment, if you're using Telstra, you know, or whoever 4G for internet and you're traveling around, you've got to stop somewhere where it's, you can get it. Yeah. Um, I get, I get, <laughs> when I go to Port Macquarie, I get a text to my phone automatically sent from Telstra saying you are no longer in a 4G area and 4G phone calls are not enabled on this phone. Fair enough. That's a major tourist area. It's north of here. Yeah. My little town. Uh, 4G's fine. Well, I get I get perfectly good 4G now um, with my Xiaomi, I do. I, I didn't um, when I had the Samsung no. with my, my Xiaomi, yeah. I do. But, uh, yeah, and, you know, the neat part is that because it's it's it is a satellite dish. So you, the one downside is you probably couldn't use it while you're actually traveling. Like you wouldn't ha- be able to have it active while you're you're traveling from one place to another. But as soon as you get to where you're going, um, the dish is set up in such a way that it automatically knows the closest satellite to point at. And as soon as you set it up, it'll automatically do the tracking thing and and track itself to where it's got to go. Uh, so I mean, it really does. You know, a hundred bucks sounds like a lot, but I know people that are paying that much or more for current satellite, and it's garbage. Yeah. So you know, I don't think it's a bad thing. Yeah. And yeah, being available in Australia, I mean, it's another nail in the coffin for NBN, really, isn't it? Yeah. You know, if I had this, for example, say, I mean, I'm with Aussie Broadband, so I wouldn't change in a hurry. But for example, I could set that up at home when I'm at home for 12 hours a day and then when I was at work I could take it and set it up at work so realistically I could have one internet connection or one internet device and I can have multiple locations so I don't need to have internet at work of a night when I'm not there and I don't need to have internet at home of a day when I'm not here so I can take it with me and have it in two places at once yeah so it's not a bad idea speaking of um, all that is Elon um, What's he done now? <laughs> the US electric vehicle maker Tesla has bought one and a half billion dollars worth of bitcoins. Wow. And it said it will accept bitcoins as uh, an official form of payment for its cars. 
That's all right. So that's pretty cool. Like it's uh, they're using it as legitimate currency now. The announcement pushed Bitcoin to an all-time high of forty-eight thousand on Tuesday morning, which means it would only take about point zero two of the cryptocurrency to buy an entry-level Tesla. In Australia, <laughs> when Bitcoin equals $59,876.70 right now. And I think the base Tesla in Australia is about 60 So, yeah, one Bitcoin will get you a Tesla now. Um, Tesla announced $1.5 billion worth of Bitcoin investment early Monday in a regulatory filing with the US Securities and Exchange Commission as part of its annual earnings report. In the report, it said its board approved an updated investment policy in January to provide more flexibility to further diversify and maximize returns on our cash. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, it's not required to maintain adequate operating liquidity. The company had $19.38 billion in cash and cash equivalents on hand at the end of 2020. Um, remember this company that was completely broke and struggling to even keep their doors open? Yeah. What was that, 10 years ago? Just just had twenty billion in ca- in cash behind the lounge. Place <laughs> <laughs> of Bitcoin, you know. That was like uh, Amazon when it was starting out was always in the negative, mm. and everyone was laughing at him. Jeff Bezos going, "You're an idiot. Your your bookstore is not doing any good. You're hemorrhaging money all the time. Your investors are giving up on you. Now he's the world's richest man." Yep. <laughs> and. Tesla said that subsequently, subsequently had invested $1.5 billion in Bitcoin since January and might acquire and hold digital assets from time to time in the long term. Might also invest in alternative reserve assets, including gold and other digital assets, according to the filing. Moreover, Tesla said it expects to begin accepting Bitcoins as a form of payment for our products in the near future without specifying how crypto-based transactions will work. Anyway... Um, the company <laughs> said the Bitcoin payment will initially be on a limited basis and the company may or may not liquidate the cryptocurrencies upon rec- receipt. Uh, in the filing, Tesla warns users Bitcoins might pose a risk to the company's financials as cryptocurrencies have been in the past and may continue to be highly volatile. Yeah, they're only going to go up. If companies like Tesla and then say, I don't know, let's say Apple buys it, well, their value is only going to increase because suddenly they're actually usable currencies. I got um, $14.92 worth of Bitcoin. Uh, it'd be more impressive if you had 14 Bitcoins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my engine's doing all right. It's uh, over triple the price I paid for it. No, it's not too bad. Going to keep going up. Um, Elon Musk has been... mention XRP because Glenn will cry. Elon Musk has been the outspoken supporter of crypto, including Bitcoin. In January, he added the hashtag Bitcoin to his Twitter bio, which briefly pushed up the widely held crypto price as much as 20%. Uh, Musk later said that via an audio-based social media app, Clubhouse, that he regretted moving the price. Two days uh-huh. later, he regretted not investing in cryptocurrency sooner. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so it goes on talks about that. But it's... Um, I don't see it being. I mean, it it can't go down really now. It's kind of now that it has a almost a physical form now. Like you work, let's say it becomes one Bitcoin for one Tesla. You know what I mean? Like it it sort of becomes a something you can physically visualize and you can understand the worth of that. 
you know. How much money have you got? Or about 10 Teslas worth? Yeah, you know, it becomes a... <laughs> it really does. It becomes like something that the rich people are going to buy now and they're going to go, hey, I want to buy this Tesla and I want to buy that McLaren and I want to buy, you know, that Connie's Ag. So suddenly all these other companies are going to have to start investing in it. So it's going to become a physical asset that in the digital realm, like it still doesn't exist in the real world, but it suddenly has physical capabilities. Yeah. yeah. You know, at the moment you can go and you can't really buy much with Bitcoin. Realistically, the average person can't use Bitcoin generally. Yeah. There's a few little bits and pieces you can buy with it, but it's not something that the average consumer looks at and goes, oh, this is your daily life. Yeah, you know, whereas now it you has... don't walk into Battery Central and go, I want a battery, here's me Bitcoin wallet. Well, actually, funny you should mention that. <laughs> <laughs> we will, once the hopefully things progress the way they're supposed to, we will be getting a um, crypto terminal. Sweet. So that will actually be a real thing, but... And it'll take all the coins. Yeah, uh, I think it takes like the top eight or something. Yeah, that's where you were. <clears throat> but, um, but yeah, effectively, it's the same thing. I mean, it's... It becomes almost like an FPOS card now. An FPOS card, you don't, or a credit card, particularly, especially if it's an Amex or something like that, you don't see the value in it. But then you can purchase something with it, and suddenly that something that doesn't have value does. Yeah. And it's going to be the same with crypto. So, um, but he's talking about, yeah, going in and he's saying, look, don't only support Bitcoin. He's like, you know, there's a good dozen that you, you know, could be backed. Um, you know, feel free to spread your, you know, spread the love around and back these other ones as well. So, um, apparently Dell, um, start, um, yeah, Dell started accepting Bitcoins recently as well. And, um, travel site Expedia has also started. Oh, oh I actually accepted them years ago. They're one of the first to actually, start accepting bitcoins as a regular form of payment yep so. current top five uh going up today bitcoin ethereum tether cardano and ripple so don't wish, worry glenn it's on its way i wish i had kept my ethereum wallet i sold it off to buy um i had ethereum and litecoin yeah so do i coins number eight it's doing all right I think I sold. Binance Coin is doing all right. They got their own one. Because I was mining Ethereum for a while. Oh, okay. Um, for probably six months, I was mining it. Yep. I ended up selling all my Ethereum off to buy Australia Coin. Ah, so that's that, a good choice. <laughs> so that was well invested. <laughs> <laughs> my five. Oh, it's gone. What? It's gone down. My five thousand four hundred Australia Coins are now worth six dollars forty. Went the start of the show. Uh, went there seven dollars. Yeah. <laughs> when you talk about it, the price is supposed to go up, not down, Mr. T. Man. <sighs> Hyundai made a bold statement last month when it confirmed that it was in talks with Apple about a potential partnership for the Apple car. It then revised the statement to say it was working with multiple car makers on self-driving technology but had no specifics to share. On Friday, Bloomberg reported that Hyundai and Apple had hit the brakes on their negotiations, saying that Apple was upset by Hyundai's erroneous statement last month. Hyundai and Kia Motors have now confirmed this change. 
New filings today from Hyundai and Kia confirm the companies are not in talks with Apple regarding Apple car production, at least talks they're willing to make public. In the filings, Hyundai and Kia Motors acknowledge that they have been talking with multiple companies about autonomous electric car development, but no decision has been made. Hyundai shares are down 8.4% following this news, while Kia shares are down 15.3%. Ultimately, regardless of the state of its talks with Kia and Hyundai, Apple appears to have a revived interest in developers' self-driving car of some sort. The project has been rumoured for over five years, and while there have been multiple shifts in strategies, the current reporting is that Apple is planning on an Apple-branded electric car with self-driving capabilities. I wonder what it'll look like. Futuristic. This is the problem. A lot of them are doing that whole super futuristic looking thing and all they're doing is murdering themselves because they can't actually make that car in mass production and it's so ugly nobody wants it anyway. What they need to do is make a car that looks like a car. Start there. Look at Tesla. I mean, I know they designed them from scratch to a degree, but at the end of the day, it just looked like a sleek European car. Except the Cybertruck. Well, yeah, but um, <laughs> that's just cool. Like that, that doesn't, <laughs> you know. But I think, like what turned a lot of people, like the Prius initially was a game changer in the way it looked because initially it had a really low drag coefficient and it was a super... The designed that way to for a specific reason, but then once they people got used to normal looking cars like the the Camry Hybrid and then BMW um, and the uh, Mitsubishi Outlander, you know, they're just a normal vehicle with either EV or hybrid capabilities, and I think that's what people are expecting now, just a normal vehicle that is also an EV. So. I think the whole making it look too futuristic thing really, hopefully, is a fad that's that's done with now. And it look like EV from uh, Wally. Wally. <laughs> or will it look like Wally, which is the be the problem? Eva. Um. Yeah, I look like Wally. That'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a problem with that. He kind of had a number five is alive kind of look to him. He did. It was somewhat loosely based on that. But uh, speaking of um, cartoons, <gasps> Disney is closing the CG studio behind Ice Age and Ferdinand. Oh. Blue Sky Studio will shut in April. So no more Squirrel. Which I don't really get. But anyway, uh, Disney is closing Blue Sky Studios under Fox. The CG animation studio produced 13 films, Ice Age franchise, Peanuts movies, um, Spies in Disguise. Um, it was... The company subsequently confirmed the closure of the studio attributed Disney's decision is to prevent financial... The studio attributed Disney's decision to its... No, okay. To its present financial situation. Given the current economic realities, after much consideration and evaluation, we have made the difficult decision to close filmmaking operations at Blue Sky Studios. Indeed, Disney has some financial difficulties through the coronavirus pandemic and its third quarter earnings reported revenues of $11.8 billion, a 42% decrease. Oh, didn't. They only made, 11, they only made $12 billion. That's sad. <laughs> Most of that was a result of the disruptions the company taking a $3.5 billion hit to its parks business. Uh, at the same time, it's been able to stem some of the losses thanks to the large part of the growing popularity of Disney+. Plus. Um... 
The closure will impact 450 employees, with the studio's last day slated for sometime in April. Disney said it will work with those employees to try and place them in open positions in other parts of the company. Blue Sky Studios was founded in 87 after VIFX, Fox's visual effects company, took a majority stake in the studio in 97. It went on to work with movies like Alien Resurrection and Star Trek Insurrection. One year later, it released the animated short Bunny, which won an Academy Award. In 2002, it came out with Ice Age. And Disney picked up the studio in 2019. Great, <laughs> they've had it 12 months and they've closed it. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's, um, it, I mean, that's what happens when everything gets rolled into one. Look, because they own, you know, they own all the rights to um, Star Star Trek now, uh, Star Wars. They own all the Marvel. Toy Story stuff, the Marvel stuff. They've got all Blue Sky stuff now. Like, they own everything. So, there's no, you know, if once the the what are they gonna do? Like put every have open up like you know Disney CGI company or like just have Pixar for example and just have everything under Pixar now? Like you know, yeah. What are they there doing? Probably will be a few mergers at least. So it's gonna be interesting. Um, hmm. But I don't know. I think. Disney as a whole needs to be completely shaken up, I think. I mean, they haven't really done any innovate. They've bought out companies that are innovating, but then they do this. They shut them down or they sit on them and don't do anything with them. Um, the only good thing has been Mandalorian. Well, yeah. That was, but, I mean, that was sort of... I mean, that side of it, yeah. But, I mean, in terms of, like... Um, a lot of this sort of stuff the kids stuff and a lot of it's just rehashing stuff that they've had they haven't really done much yeah Mandalorian yeah it was cool but I the Mando know. guy is gonna be Joel with the Last of Us movie Last of Us yeah I saw that yeah that'll be interesting yeah uh, you know I, when it came out I didn't know it was about zombies oh really I bought the game when I bought my PlayStation like three years ago or whatever didn't play it haven't played it yet <laughs> Because uh, everyone was saying, oh, this is the most amazing game you've got to go. That's fantastic. And then a couple of months later, I thought, oh, I'll check this out. Oh, it's about zombies. And then someone explained to me today, well, the zombies are kind of a side thing to a really nice friendship story kind of thing that brings people together and stuff. But they, they just have zombies as a background or something. It's not a main thing in their game or something. Because so. that's just what you do. <laughs> Well, I do zombies every Monday night as it is, so that's probably my limit. Yeah. Oh, actually, and I play Minecraft and that's half zombies too, so. Yeah, but they're sideways looking zombies. And they all just want to hug. They still haven't fixed that <laughs> after how many years? Yeah. Hyper One, a new startup from Bevan Slattery, has revealed plans to spend $1.5 billion building a private Australia-wide fibre backbone with interconnected points for new subsea cables. Massive project investment was unveiled in the early hours of Thursday today and is described as the largest private digital infrastructure project in Australia's history. It includes the deployment of 20,000 plus kilometres of fibre, connecting major data <laughs> hubs in every capital city in every state and territory across Australia. Hyper One will also create new major interconnection points for more international undersea cables to Australia from Asia and as far as the Americas and Antarctica. 
International interconnections appear to have been slated for Darwin, Perth and Sydney, according to a map on the project's website. With the current geopolitical instability in the region, there's unprecedented opportunity for Australia to become the region's leading, secure and stable hub for future industries and jobs. He said that the Hyper One transmission network will be capable of carrying over 10,000 terabits per second, more traffic than every other national backbone built in Australia's history combined. That's a lot so, of terrified bits. All those terrified bits. Poor yeah. things. <laughs> what they did is Terror bits, <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I'm always skeptical about going, oh, we're going to do. I was like, yeah, well. <laughs> the NBN was going to be good once too, you know. Yes. And <laughs> for a lot of people, it's not at all anything. I don't have a story on I read it before. They said that this year they just paid back, um, was it $1.6 billion of their $24 billion that yep. they owe the government? Uh, <laughs> and that was all done through private investors. So Stephanie Ben Dixon, <laughs> who used to do the good game show, now does back pocket. Her internet drops out all the time, and they were supposed to have NBN connected like six months ago, and they're just like, no, we're not going to do it now. You can stay on your crappy dial-up or... Probably ADSL too, I'd say, because she does do some streaming stuff, but then it just drops out for a couple of days and can't do anything. That's yeah. just in the Blue Mountains. Yep, doesn't surprise it's not me. that far out of Sydney. <laughs> no, not at all. Ridiculous. Um, you know how we're talking about new networks that are, or new social networks, I guess, that are starting up, whether we've got, you know, Minds is becoming popular or. Um, What's, oh, yeah. that, what's that one Elon told everyone to go and see? Um, sign, sign up Remember, to. was it Diaspora that was going to take on Facebook and be the new own your own data social network that never went anywhere? Yeah, there's like MeWe and Peacock. Well, Peacock has just been picked up by WWE uh, oh. and it will be the exclusive um, streaming for WWE for 24-7. Wow. Um which is really interesting because they've traditionally had their own channel on, um, like Foxtel or I guess paid, paid some form of pay TV anyway. I don't know what it is in the States, it's Foxtel here. But um, um, yeah, so WD Network is slamming its way into Peacock from March 18th, NBC Universal's platform will be exclusive home for... WWE streaming service in the US. Wow. So that's got to be a big deal. Under a multi-year deal, Peacock Premium subscribers have access to a 24-7 WWE network. More than 17,000 hours of on-demand pro wrestling content includes all WWE pay-per-views starting with Fastlane on March 21st and WrestleMania up to 37, wow, on April 10th and 11th. Um, all your in-ring shows, etc. But, I mean, okay, it's cool that WWE is starting with Peacock, but it's quite interesting um, that they've left um, you know, pay TV exclusively to go to exclusively online streaming yeah uh, Peacock's also uh, Peacock's also um, looking to get Premier Soccer League NHL and NASCAR exclusively and they're looking to take down NBC jeez um, <laughs> it's that's that's a big a big call, you know. 
And now you've got, like, The Office will stream exclusively on Peacock. Wow. Um, yeah. Like, and these are new episodes. They're starting, they're putting them on Peacock. Um, there's Peacock suddenly gone from this thing that nobody's heard of to suddenly, like, just overnight getting these big shows. That's really bizarre. Invest in Peacock, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, it's owned by Comcast, you know, so obviously they've got the bandwidth to do it. Yeah. Um, but the Tokyo Olympics is going to be streamed on there. Um, where are we? It's also going to have... Well, they're going to have their own set-top box to it, so as well as being online, it'll be like a Foxtel deal where you'll have a, a thing. Um, mobile, obviously, all different platforms, that sort of stuff. It, the only thing I can't find information on is what availability is like in Australia. I believe at this stage it's only through the website. Um, it doesn't work. There's a there's a PlayStation Four um, launch for it, but apparently it doesn't work here. Fire TV and Roku don't Roku don't work, uh, and a lot of the current TVs, smart TVs, don't have uh, options for it at the moment. So I'm guessing it's only going to be browser, um, which I think like didn't Hulu just start that way? They were only browser based initially, anyway, Probably, and then they yeah. they picked up the other stuff. Um, but you've got two choices: you've got Peacock, you've got like a paid version, and then you've got a free version, ad supported, uh, has a less less limited like limited run of shows, but still has a lot of them or a lot of them that would. Pre, uh, premiere one night you've got to wait 24 hours before you can watch it yeah. um, but it's paid by ads so you don't have to pay for it and then you can buy like if you want to watch the Olympics for example you could buy the premium pack and watch the Olympics in real time you know yeah. after after a payment for it um, but yeah it's got Premier League matches NFL wild cards uh, Ryder Cup so yeah it's um a lot of their, uh, I mean, it's, it's effectively going to be about whatever's on NBC by the sounds of it. Mm. it starts at ten bucks a month. Um, well, actually, sorry, it starts at five dollars a month, and there's the free free ad one, which is a limited service. The five dollar a month tier is ad based, but unlimited shows. Like it's the same lineup as the ten dollar a month one, but you don't get ads with the ten dollar a month one. Ah, um, still, that's pretty cheap. Yeah, you know, it's Battlestar Galactica, Saved by the Bell, Punky Brewster, <laughs> you know, all the classics as well. So, so they might be relaunching Punky Brewster. Yeah, well, this is true too. AMBLX has been talking about it for a while. Well, they can't relaunch uh, Saved by the Bell. Mm. Poor bugger. He's Not only, anymore. He was in his late 20s, wasn't he? He died of cancer. So, Screech. Telstra has renewed calls to rein in the steady march of NBN prices upwards, saying wholesale prices in the back half of this decade could eclipse current retail prices. CEO Andrew Penn told the Telco's half-yearly results that NBN Co's stated goals to increase average revenue per user would only increase retailers' costs, which at some point would be passed on in the form of higher prices unless something was to change. He said the constant threat of higher prices in the NBN business created an element of headwind on top of the headwind that Telstra has already reported after the last few years attributed to the migration to NBN. 
If NBN ARPUs continue to increase in line with the pricing structure, consumers will have to pay more. That's the bottom line. In fact, if you model it out to the second half of this decade and they continue to use the same structure, wholesale prices will be higher than the current retail prices. So that's obviously not sustainable. Doesn't matter how much the operators reduce their costs, something has to give. NBN Co said yesterday during its own half year results that it would soon commence its annual pricing consultation with retailers, though it's unclear just how much change might result from it. NBN Co obviously are not committing to what's going to end up, but I hope that the uh, through that pricing consultation, we can start to see some reasonable changes that actually lead to an industry where consumers can win so they don't have to face significant increases to access. The operators can win so they can actually make a return on capital that means they can satisfy their shareholders and then ultimately NBN Co can win by generating free cash flow to focus on upgrading the network over the long time, he said. That pricing consultation discussion is going to be very important. I strongly encourage that to occur. Ben said his views on NBN Co's wholesale pricing were broadly well known. He has previously sought a $20 per month per user wholesale price cut. He also said at the end of the roll-up was good timing to take a harder look at NBN pricing. But wasn't the NBN, <coughs> wasn't the NBN pricing based on that that NBN used? Wasn't that based on Telstra's recommendations? Like, didn't weren't they given the so. original? consult to say hey what do you think we should charge this at probably <laughs> if i remember correctly and now they're the ones saying oh it's it's too expensive too much we can't get enough customers hang on a minute <laughs> if you just do you want a few customers at high price or a lot of customers at a low price which one works best well it's not even that it's like but you're the one who's setting the price and yet you're the one who's saying it's too expensive yeah <laughs> Um, change the price. Why did you listen to us? <laughs> yeah, there's something there's something fishy going on in that whole upper echelon of of NBNA. There's something like, fishy in the big pond. Well, yeah, <laughs> because they were blaming. I remember last year they were blaming Telstra, saying Telstra wasn't giving them access to the exchanges and to the lines and to the data capability that they needed and Telstra's like but that's not our job you're supposed to be the NBN co you're supposed to be creating all this infrastructure why are you using ours yeah it's like but hang on Telstra's the one responsible for the infrastructure because that's how they got the contracts in the first place (laughs) so okay so who's who's responsible for it like because when I have a problem with my internet the NBN code will come out if it's between my router and the street. But as soon as it hits the street, it becomes T- Telstra's responsibility from the street to the exchange. Ah. <laughs> so, <laughs> is it Telstra or is it NBN? Because if it's like if Telstra is not releasing access to the stuff to the NBN network, then they're effectively the ones bottlenecking the system, so they're the ones who should be responsible for the price. Sounds about right. Think it's going to happen? Uh-huh. <laughs> My head hurts. <laughs> Can we change the subject, please? Have a couple of pen at all. <laughs> oh, dear. Shopify. There you go. Done. done. Um, <laughs> and next week. <laughs> so for those who don't know, Shopify is basically a website integration that that's a plug-in that allows um, 
online. Well, it doesn't commerce. really allow the, it allows yeah online commerce up to the point of the purchase. Um, it supplies the checkout, then obviously how it gets paid. There's several different ways and several different functions there, but basically puts your shop online. It can share, like if you're running zero or vend, it can pull the database from that and do it that way, or it can be completely standalone. Uh, but Shopify has just updated its services now to work with uh, Facebook and Instagram. Oh. So Facebook has had a shop-ish sort of interface for a while that's uh, incredibly horrible and clunky and doesn't really work, and even when it does, it still doesn't work. Um, it's a good way to sort of put a catalog up, but if you want to actually turn that catalog into a store, it's super painful. Yeah. Um, but hopefully now, with and, and Instagram really hasn't had that. I guess they're trying to turn Instagram into Etsy, in a lot of regards, where it's an independent, you know, little, like a farmer's market or an independent stall, each person becomes responsible for their own products. But the integration with Facebook is going to be good because a lot of people, myself included, have wanted to have a Facebook store, but it's just been so horrendously unusable that very, very, very few people actually have a Facebook store. They'll often have products on Facebook, but you don't buy it through Facebook. You buy it through Messenger or direct bank deposit or whatever and don't involve All Facebook. Right. Um, but now, uh, become available as a checkout option with Facebook. Um, so, anything that you have, whether it's PayPal, uh, credit card, um, direct deposit, uh, I think Shopify also support. Um, I've double check. I think they support ZipPay and Afterpay as well as part of their right. payment methods. So it's going to be really good because it means that people can actually, you can actually integrate that in there now and have a functioning Facebook um, store. And <laughs> just looking at the Shopify Help Center, they also support cryptocurrencies. They they do, but that's a whole another ballpark. <laughs> I've I've tried to get that integrated a couple of times. Um, yeah. They support it, but it's so clunky. It doesn't real time update. It doesn't like that QR code I had, for example, for Straycoin. Yeah. They don't support that. You have to put the actual wallet number in manually and. Uh, that'd be a pain. Yeah. A lot of stuff to type in. <laughs> <laughs> You've only got to get one digit wrong, and somebody else gets the money. And they don't have the real time integration, so you can't. You'll pay like if your coin fluctuates during the day, you'll only pay whatever it was at the time that they did their last update, which can be like every six hours. Yeah. So if it's a massive swing in a coin, then you could dramatically win or lose on that scenario, depending on when it was done. Someone like Elon comes across, you might need to get a mortgage on your house. Yeah, because you made the wrong payment at the wrong time. <laughs> I so. bought this for one Bitcoin. It was worth $10. Well, now it's worth $60,000. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. I What? <laughs> so um, I, I believe they are working on that from what I've understood. Um, but last I checked, it was, it was horrible. But yeah, um, so this will be good. So for people who aren't aware of... Well, most people know about Instagram, but Etsy is kind of a... It's kind of the Instagram of the maker space. So if you're a, a little... You know, you make art or you make... Um, as I said, like you would normally... Say Decals. you're somebody... 
Yeah. Say it's normally somebody who would go to a, a market and have a stall in a market. Yeah. It's basically a virtual version of that. So you still have your stall in the market and people still pay you, but you just don't actually have a, a physical market. Um, they, From what I understand, they go, they want to do something similar with Instagram. So you take your photo of your clothing or of your belts or whatever it is you're selling and you can each one of those you can have a buy now option on it so oh. you scroll through the photos go oh i like the look of that i'll buy that and you can buy it directly from there so yep. not not a bad idea i can see how it could v- potentially be abused very easily if people aren't aware yep. um because they show a mclaren and you're actually buying a model you know you, you're gonna have yeah. to be super careful about what you're actually purchasing and vendors like that do tend to get shut down pretty quickly, but they can still make a small fortune before they get shut down. So They need to have a escrow like um, <laughs> eBay. I was going to say, yeah. I, I don't know if the escrow is part of Shopify. Um, but yeah, eBay has it, and uh, a few of them have it now. Um, AliExpress has and um Banggood. I don't, don't know if Banggood does. Made in China does. First time I saw emails about Banggood, I thought it was spam <laughs> from some sex site Sports or something. Is yeah. <laughs> she Banggood? Yeah. <laughs> you know why they actually named it that? Oh. Because when you're at an auction, the, the hammer comes down and bangs, and it's good because ah. you've won. In in Chinese, it sound it like it's like at the fall of the hammer means you've won or something and then they did a Google Translate and it was like bang good and oh that'll do <laughs> it'll do sounds good <laughs> and it was it did bang good yeah. that's it for me how about you uh, yeah pretty much that's <clears throat> oh that's me done <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm done that's it <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Aussie Tech Hedge show broadcast weekly. We can be found at facebook.com slash Aussie Tech Heads, twitter.com slash Aussie Tech Heads, and youtube.com slash Aussie Tech Heads. Also now at patreon.com slash Aussie Tech Heads. Sign up for $4 a month, $10 a month, or from several other tiers. See the site for details. We now have extra episodes of Aussie Tech Heads called Aussie Tech Roundup, apparently just for the patreons so sign up if you want to access those if you're already a subscriber you'll get an email when we upload them if not log on to patreon and watch it there also coffee.com slash aussie tech heads it's ko-fi.com make a one-off donation of any size you can email us glenn will and warlock at aussietechheads.com.au and you can hear aussie tech heads on aussietechradio.com 24 7 back-to-back play of some of the best tech related shows from around australia and new zealand new shows added each friday see you later thanks guys bye